because listen, this is what I want and expect. Not only want, I expect this out of my summer reads. I want fun. I want traveling. I want pirates. I want mermaids. Hi, everybody. My name is Michelle. And I'm Adriana. And welcome to Perdón, We're Booked. Um, this episode, we were very excited for this book. It is Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. And Adriana was actually the one who found it on TikTok. Yeah, it came up on TikTok. Someone quoted it. Um, and it was a good quote. That's TikTok. Yeah, it was a good quote, went viral, and I read that quote, and I was like, I need to read this immediately, and I didn't really even consult it with Michelle. I was just like, hey, I'm reading this. Um, <laughs> we should read so, it. So, we should read it for the podcast, and then review it. So, here we are, and we have thoughts. We have a lot to say about <laughs> have, this one. <laughs> some people might throw tomatoes at us after Yeah, some this. people, this was apparently very popular on TikTok. Everybody was raving about it. So we went with high expectations. We started reading this with high expectations. I'm not going to lie. Mine were not completely met. I enjoyed this book. I do want to preface by saying that I enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of issues with it as well. Yeah, I can agree. I, I mean, it's enjoyable, there's mm-hmm. a lot of it that is enjoyable. Nice but I did read. have Yeah, but I did have issues with some of the themes that are portrayed and the way that they're portrayed. I don't know. I Yeah. I feel like when you've read really, really good smutty romances mm-hmm. and then you read something like this, it just it's kind of a letdown. Oh definitely. So I blame Christina Lauren for ruining us, you know? Yeah, I mean we're just <laughs> We're just used to, I don't want to say better, but, like, we're used to different. The book is about this girl who needs a date for her sister's wedding. She doesn't want to go by herself because her ex will be there because he's the mm-hmm. brother of the groom. So she takes her enemy from work. Um. So, I mean, I would like to start with, like, just the way it progresses, the workplace. Because this story does start at her office. It actually mm-hmm. really just throws you right into the action. Um, she's, like, at work, and she's already having this, like, very intense conversation with Aaron, who we come to know and love. Um, he is kind of her enemy at work. He's the antagonist. She hates him. Absolutely hates him. And he overheard her talking to her friend, and he was just like, I will do this for you. I will go to Spain for a wedding, for your sister's wedding. I will go with you, because you have nobody to go with. I... Right off the bat, like, with that first scene, I thought it was just so weird that, A, he, like, hates her. Yeah. And then offers, right? He offers yeah. to do this randomly. I like, mean, the why? one thing I could defend him on in that is, like, if somebody that I know possibly dislike is going to Spain or, like, anywhere that I want to go to and they need somebody to go, you're like... You know, I want to travel. Yeah, for a second, I thought he needed like a free trip to Spain and have. Yeah, like, I thought this was going to be a something. free trip thing. But yeah, but but he paid for his own ticket. Yeah. Right, because he, he then upgraded hers. Yeah. He then upgraded hers, but it was just weird that he like offered if he allegedly hated her. At this point, we didn't really know that mm-hmm. he didn't hate her, and also, like, if that were me, I would never admit to my enemy 
hi, my yeah. ex-boyfriend's gonna be at this wedding. I'm so pathetic that I need a fake date. Like, yeah. that just... I, I just feel like that. nobody would actually do that. <laughs> yeah, not only that, she also told him that she was seriously considering hiring an escort yeah to take her to the work to to like the wedding and this is again her enemy it's like she word vomits all the time like she says things that are just should not be said out loud i I mean i was cringing a lot i'm not gonna lie i was cringing a lot at its very first few chapters just because it was and i mean i get it she is in a job where it's very I mean, apparently it's very stressful. Um, you come to learn she's in engineering. I didn't, like, they didn't really acknowledge it. In my opinion, they didn't acknowledge it enough until, like, later on in the book, even though we spent a good few chapters, not even few, like 15 chapters on her work. Yeah, I actually kind of disagree with that. I felt like we mm. spent too much time on her work. and this But you never really... hear what she actually does. I swear she said it. I swear she said it. She no. was like, at the beginning, I work at this whatever solutions company. I told um, Adriana, I told Adriana that it was like Chandler Bang with friends. We may talk <laughs> about his job, but nobody really knows what he does. And that was the deal with... <laughs> He's a trans pastor. Yeah. So, like, that was my deal with Katani. Like, we spent, like, literally, I'm not even kidding, 20 chapters, probably. Yeah, but, I On her job. Okay, maybe it's because I'm a little biased, and I don't don't think you've read this book. Um, Mm. The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. No, I haven't. So, I, for those of you who have read it, the protagonist is a journalist, Mm-hmm. And the way her work is woven into the book, it's just more seamless and it was just more enjoyable. The reason I say maybe I'm biased is because I'm a journalist. So yeah. I like thoroughly enjoyed um, reading about the story she was working on and how the love interest like helped her with the story and played into it, etc. So I guess reading about an engineer is kind of like reading about an accountant for me. Um, okay. And my boyfriend's an accountant, so I'm allowed to say that. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm just, like, not interested in it, so maybe that's why I felt like, ah, we don't need to talk about this more. Please get her out of the office. Because I felt like we kept waiting for the trip to Spain. And yeah. then at the beginning, then, we heard about the auction, so we were waiting for the auction. And she yeah. kept still thinking, like, should I take him to Spain? I'm not taking him to Spain. Who should I take to Spain? Like, it was yeah. so much back and forth, and I was just like, can we cut to the action already? Like, girl, we for don't real. need more scenes of you at work. I don't know. Because, listen, this is what I want and expect. Not only want, I expect this out of my summer reads. I want fun. I want traveling. I want pirates. I want mermaids. I want other things. But it all has to be in the spirit of fun and traveling and quick. Okay. <laughs> Read the cover and I was like, ooh, wedding in Spain. Cheers. Dale. Let's go. And we spent so much time at work. I felt like I was at work with her and I was just waiting for my vacation. <laughs> and I was like, it's summer. Right. <laughs> I will say, I will say something that I did appreciate was uh, there's a scene in the book where she's called into a meeting with all the other team leaders and she's assigned to do that uh, party, like organize this event. 
And she was saying, like, I don't have any experience in this. Nobody here has experience in this. Like, can't we hire an event planner or give this to someone else? And none of the other, like, team leaders, none of her coworkers, like, stood up for her when she said, like, I'm being given this task because I'm a woman. And I thought that was such an interesting thing to include in this book because you're reading this, like, this kind of book you read for romance, you're reading it for Mm -hmm. the fake like lovers enemies to lovers trope you're not really reading it for social critique like a critique on society but I kind of like that like I kind of feel like we shouldn't expect just light and fluffy like you can weave important themes into these books and it was it was a it was a Mm -hmm. good way to do it um but I also felt like it was like, it didn't have any continuity because I thought that the way, the, the reason they were weaving it in was because Aaron yeah. was going to be some sort of ally, but he no. wasn't an, he wasn't an ally in that situation. He was yeah. more of an ally towards the end when he becomes her boss, but nobody really stood up for her there. So it was a frustrating scene. It was relatable as yeah. a woman reading this book, but it also kind of was like, what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. Again, why are we still at work with her? I thought this was about a Spanish wedding. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I like that it was included. It was well written. It was frustrating to read. It evoked a lot of emotion out of me. But I also felt like it didn't really make sense with the rest of the story. Then we had that whole issue with her diet. Yeah. Like, and and that, like, it was very eating disorder-esque. Because she was barely, like, she barely had food for weeks. And, like, they made a point of saying that. And she just, like, stopped eating, fainted, and then he, like, nudged her away, gave her some food, and then after that, she was like, okay, I'll eat again. Like, what? saved her. Yeah, Yeah. but, like, for somebody, you know, that can be potentially very triggering, especially, like, and and I know, again, it's, like, it can also be a cultural thing, because with, um, at least in my Hispanic family, a lot of like the whole thing when they want to lose weight is like oh well we just gotta cut out food got cut out food i get that but still it can still be very triggering and it's a lot of little you know a lot of issues molded you know what you're right and you just reminded me of the theme that came up with daniel and that that backstory on that relationship where Mm -hmm. it was very much there was this power dynamic he was her professor and then she was kind of like slut shamed and lost everything and he kept everything and it was like men in power you know yeah that that was uh, that made more sense than the scene where she was handed that event at the beginning of the book Mm -hmm. like if we if 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 the author wanted to highlight, like, men in positions of power and yeah. women in the workplace, the way that she did it with Daniel's relationship with, uh, what's her name? What's the name of the main character? Catalina. Oh, Catalina. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. <laughs> I was like, what's her name? Oh, my God. Um, she repeats way- it enough. <laughs> yeah, she repeats it enough, and we'll talk about Aaron calling her the wrong name, but whatever. Yeah. Um so the way that it was woven in with Daniela and Catalina's relationship, that made sense. That conveyed women in the workplace and women in education and men in power. Yeah. And and it fit into the story. Whereas you could literally cut out that first scene mm-hmm. where she's handed that event at her, her company 
And it wouldn't change, it wouldn't change the plot. Yeah, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't change, change anything because she made such a big deal about it and then she literally just flies through the event. It's barely a chapter. Yeah. And it's it, ma- such a big deal. I like to think that maybe in the editing process they lost a little, like they had to take stuff out that added to that, but yeah. I mean, then maybe they could have just taken out harsh. the whole thing. Like yeah. this didn't need to be a 460 something no. page book. It could have been like 300 something. Yeah. It's a, and again, like, I just, as a note, I personally feel <laughs> as if, if you put too many problems, even in a heavier book, like, if you add, just add too many issues, too many problems, the problems that you want to highlight are going to be lost in it. Like, you know, you can't add too much of it. Like, and, pick a lane. Um, before I forget, because I just mentioned both of these points... There's two things, two more, there's one more theme that I want to highlight, and then there's one other thing I just mentioned, her name, mm-hmm. Katarina versus Lena. She yeah. keeps telling, she tells everybody to call her Lena. She repeatedly tells Aaron to call her Lena, and he insists on calling her Katarina. Yeah. I, I, I don't, like, I, I don't like, like that. that. I, yeah. I mean, I'm all for, like, I have this nickname, but, like, my love interest calls me by my full name. That's so sexy. Or I love the yeah. trope where... Like, the guy calls her by the last name, right? Right? Like, like whatever. Like, your last name is, like, Hastings. It's a fun little, yeah. Hastings, you want to go on a date or something, you know? But but at this point, she's, like, actively saying, like, call me Lena. Now it's just disrespectful. Like, it's just annoying. He's just actively, like, ignoring what she's asking of him. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was going to mention, the theme, woman needs man. And I mentioned this briefly before, how he, like, rescued her when she fainted. There's a lot of rescuing that he does in this book. Yes. And and it would be okay if it weren't for the fact that then she starts believing that she needs him to rescue her exactly. like she starts and thinking she says it too yeah like, and she, she says, says it like i wouldn't have been able to survive spain without him i couldn't do this without him like i and it it becomes a theme where like he becomes indispensable and yeah. how how did we start this book with women in the workplace we need to be strong like look at all the shit i've been through look at all the th- the shit i've overcome yeah. just to have her end up with a guy that she thinks she needs because otherwise she wouldn't be able to survive life like i exactly. don't i don't understand how we went from i don't need daniel i survived daniel i made a life for myself i got a kick ass job in new york mm-hmm. to Yep, I need this I'm other back man. in the same place, right? I yeah. I just feel like the relationship that she built with Aaron, even though there are good things, it just could have been described differently so that it didn't feel so much like woman exactly. needs man. Exactly, because like you know, I feel like we've all read a Court of Thorns and Roses. We've all read a Court of Mist and Fury, and I hate to compare books, but the thing is, like I feel like with mates, that's as clear as you can get. Like oh, the whole. And I'm quote, like, I'm doing the air quote things, needing thing, because, you know, they're mates. They, like, they will literally die without each other, especially <laughs> recent favorite now. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. But anyways, the whole point is, like, it's not about needing. It's about they're your equal. They're supposed to be your equal. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's a partnership. It's not that you need him to be this or mm-hmm. to be successful or no. It's about wanting another person there. Is it also weird to accept a theme because it's in a magical world? Because I also feel oh. like, like in a Kotar and a Komoth, this is a magical thing. Like mating is a magical bond. 
So it's it's magic. Like that's just you blame the magic. Uh, and like you said, it's it's still not even the same because they're equals. Yeah. But this is the real world. And again, this theme doesn't no concuerda. Like it doesn't make sense with yeah. the other themes of like look at how much she's overcome. She's the strong woman yeah. who has all male co-workers like she's and the again, only team I, leader d- and like, then she's needing this like man i don't understand yeah and it brings me back to like the whole cultural thing because hispanic cultures and latin american cultures are all about like it's a, it's a very patriarchal system yeah you know like it's all about the patriarchy everything for the man we serve them food first they eat first we cook we clean we raise children like, and I was excited because, you know, she, they paint her as this very stubborn girl and she, she doesn't need a man and she escaped from that. She learned from her mistakes and yet here she is repeating those same mistakes and conforming to, like, what we have been taught since we were little. Yeah, and that's so interesting that you mentioned that because another theme in this book that I actually enjoyed that it was there because I related so much to it was the Hispanic family who keeps asking, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? Like, it's getting late in life for you. You better find a man. You need a man. You need a man. Or or the toxicity also of, like, constantly talking about the fact that Catalina doesn't have, or or Lina doesn't have a man. Here I am calling her by her wrong name um <laughs> that lena doesn't have a man and oh my god she's never gonna find a man and like pressuring her about that mm. i liked that that was in this book because i related a lot to it yeah but it's just weird our families that, can be very toxic yeah but it doesn't make sense that like here here we are with an author who's wanting to highlight this toxic trait that hispanic families have Mm -hmm. but then she writes a couple kind of romanticizing it she writes a couple that romanticizes that like the woman needs man i it doesn't make any sense (laughs) uh something i did comment was about the bilingualism and the spanish in the book and i don't know if you guys know this about me but i um like one of the things that I really love is bilingual journalism and, like, access mm. to information and multilingualism. Yeah. A lot of the work I've done in my career has been centered around that. So when I read this book, I was like, oh, my God, yes, we're getting, like, Jane the Virgin vibes. But yeah. I was sorely mistaken. There's th- – and this is me just nitpicking because I'm a translator at heart. But I didn't like the way that they used Spanish in the book because they kind of used it, like – like, they would say little phrases Very and then immediately childlike. translate – yeah. Yeah, and then they would immediately translate it and then they wouldn't make the reader work. Like they 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 weren't making the reader think. And so for example, mm-hmm. at one point they were like, "Oh, like the hermanas Martín and then right after the Martín sisters. Come on. Like yeah. the, you did not need to add that. The reader can figure it out. Have them Google it. Like it's just not that deep. Also, people know what hermanas means. Like it's just and, and even if they don't know what they mean, that was, yeah. that was what I love so much about Jane the Virgin was the fact that Jane the Virgin had characters who only spoke in Spanish and nobody would, like, translate it. They would make the reader a work or script in a response that would tell you what the Spanish yeah. speaker was saying. And it was so interesting because it... It was so significant that they had Spanish-speaking characters speaking to English-speaking characters, mm-hmm. and no, and they weren't making the Spanish speakers speak English. You know, like exactly. that has so much that has power. so much significance and so much power that I felt like this book was missing that, and it, yeah. it really could have made it just even more fantastic to have even more Spanish in there. 
and and make the reader just work a little, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry, Michelle, you were going to say something, and I just rambled because I'm passionate about this topic. No, no, I, I completely agree because oftentimes everyone's like, oh, well, you got to, you know, like, it, it's always assumed that whoever is speaking a language that is not English is just going to switch it and just translate to yeah. English like but you it's know a power what? dynamic yeah it's a power dynamic and it's like well well you know you can figure out what hermana means you know um I'm pretty sure they teach it right after biblioteca y'all yeah. got that <laughs> real quick so it stuck with you um and yeah it just made me feel like I was in an episode of Dora yeah That's Michelle I commented that on our highlight in the kindle that it made her feel like it was Dora and it's so true like yeah. there's such a fine line between Dora versus Jane the Virgin and this Do could have been Jane the Virgin vibes Nana? yeah but it ended up being very Dora but I will say I will say my favorite thing and we haven't really yes. talked about Aaron but my favorite thing about Aaron was that he taught himself Spanish like yeah. I, I and we don't learn that until later I literally commented in all caps for Michelle to see. I was like, bilingualism is so hot. Like, wait, wait, wait. like no. it's just, wow. You, you commented that when he like spoke to her family in Spanish. And at that point, we didn't know he knew Spanish. She was like, you know Spanish? And he was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I dabble. But later on, he says, you know, the apps are free. Like, I started. And I was like, ah! yeah. I just love that he made the effort um, to do that. And yeah. again, it's such like it, it it brings in the theme of the power dy- dynamic where Spanish speakers are always expected to speak English around yeah. English speakers. But here here is this white American yeah. six foot tall football player called who's like, Aaron. Nah, like, like called Aaron. Like, nah, I'm just going to learn Spanish because the girl yeah, I like, yes. that's her first language. Like, that's just so hot to me. <laughs> like, yeah, that is so I had tears. I had tears because if. I, I don't know who I'm going to end up with, you know, but if I end up with someone who doesn't speak Spanish as their native language or even just doesn't know Spanish at all, if they don't learn the language for me, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it. If they, they speak another language, I'll learn it too. Fiddle. I don't want it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about that too, though. Ugh, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. You know what I thought was the most unrealistic thing? About the whole Aaron and the family. Mm-hmm. Nobody made fun of his name in Spanish. Aaron. 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 Oh, like Aaron. True. What would they have called him? Aaron. Aaron. Por favor. That's sad. Aaron. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. So That's since we're talking ways. about the na- the dynamic between Aaron and the family, um, can we talk about the fact that like, this Hispanic family seems to be just very chill with PDA. Like, with PDA. And I guess it's like fine that they like slept in the same place because they're like 30 or something. Like I understand that. Although a lot of families would have issues with that. So I guess it's it's believable that they would be okay with it because they're pretty old. Yeah. Um, but she's like sitting on his lap. At like, least the grandmother in, would have issues with it. Yeah, but in front of her, in front of her parents, like that's just so uncomfortable, and I just yeah. feel like it's off brand. Yeah, for I thought Hispanic it was family. very, especially like they had just woken up, you know. Yeah, like, and Hispanic families jammies. tend to be very religious, like conservative, and I mean, based on how they talk about her needing a man, it sounds like they're also pretty like conservative. So yeah. it would make sense that they're, like, not okay with just her grinding on Aaron. I guess they were just uh, desperate for her to seal the deal. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is there just, like, a chair shortage in this, like, small town in Spain? Like, why is she sitting on his lap? Yeah. First off, that, like, they broke a bed. Like, he literally laid, yeah. he laid in a bed and he broke it. And nobody <laughs> batted an eye. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, I think Chato, like, said something Yeah, Chato was like, I think I broke the bed. Nobody, <laughs> everybody knows it wasn't you, Chato, Okay. Everybody knows it wasn't you. Who could it have been? The six three tall man who just came in. It's just so awkward. Like I don't understand. Also, I know that they're trying to convince everyone that they're a couple, but is it enough that he came with her to Spain? Like, Literally. why are they constantly trying to pass a PDA test? Like, oh, like I need to grab you and have you on me at all times and yeah like just so that everybody believes it it's i mean the only reason why i would be like okay i understand that is if like a person is naturally very touchy-feely like i'm a pretty touchy-feely person so Mm -hmm. even with my own family like i hold my sister hand all the time or like hell even with you Adriana, i cuddle with you all the time yeah so, yeah, you are a touchy-feely person. Yeah, so I would understand, Yeah, but in like, front of, ever... like, a group of... In front of, like, a group of people in an event, like, you're gonna... No, no, I would just hold hands. With your boyfriend. No. Which brings no. us to the spice. To the spice. It was salt and pepper for me. Or lack of thereof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only spice that I had was a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper. I literally saw a TikTok this week of like rating uh it was like rating spicy books or whatever and this got like two or three points for spiciness but i i feel like it i would give it like a two like i it it is i think more spicy than on honeymooner it It is it it because it It uses more graphic terms that's the only reason why yeah he got real dirty like talking real dirty at some point but what was weird keep your promises boy yeah, and what, but what was weird about the spicy scenes for me was that there was, like, no, like, they didn't ease you into it. When you read Christina yeah. Lauren, um, because they have so many books of different spice levels, you can sort of gauge while reading the book, like, how spicy it's going to be. So, for example, like, Beautiful Bastard, yeah. like, right out of the gate, there's a lot of cursing, there's, like, just very graphic words. Yeah. And then when you read On Honeymooners or Roomies or Josh and Hazel, those are very like the language is different the writing is different so you can tell that it's going to be less spicy it's going to be maybe more pg-13 instead of r Mm -hmm. so this book all of the writing was like very pg pg pg-13 but all of a sudden from one point on it was like i couldn't even believe my eyes at the graphic terms that were being utilized i was like where did this came out of left field yeah so I kind of had that issue because some people might pick this up not knowing that it's spicy and start reading it and then, like, walk right into this and maybe they aren't expecting it or don't want to read something like this or maybe they're underage. So, I don't know. I, I feel like it was pretty misleading. Oh, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, But I do want to... I feel like we're leading up into, like, you know, character development. I do want to, like talk about Catalina or yeah wait what I will say I do want to say one last thing okay would I have liked it to be even more spicy yes Yes. absolutely yes I'm just saying there was no lead up he should have made good on his promises yeah yeah I'm just saying there was no lead up no like I didn't expect it to be this spicy 
Anyway, go ahead. Let's trash Lena. <laughs> I did not really like her. It I don't like her so either. It's so hard to root for her because, yeah. oh my god. And I, I wanted so bad to root for her, but I could not get over the fact that, like, this man, short of pouring his soul out towards her, and she kept being like, I just don't know if he hates me or not. Like, girl, what? Like, she, uh, she's actually not that smart. She's not yeah, that no. smart. And I know, I she's like, an engineer. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, I guess she spent all her time studying. She didn't learn anything emotionally. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, like, oh, God, it was so frustrating. And... I know I chapter 11 which was 196 pages in I just want y'all to know that like this is a 400 mm-hmm. page book um she I I wrote I'm almost halfway through the book and she's still pondering the exact same things she started pondering in the first page like 196 pages in and she's still questioning how he feels about her and where yeah. she stands like after he's said like you know he's basically already told her that he likes her and that he wants to do certain things with her and for her and it's kind of like ma'am do you not i don't know hear other people well she even questions that towards the end when he gets promoted and they're in that stairwell um and he's basically like willing to do everything like he's willing to go through hr he's willing to make sure that Mm -hmm. her job is safe and that the things that happened with Daniel didn't happen again now. Like, he's being very considerate about all of this. Yeah. And she is, again, thinking that he's going to be the same as Daniel. And that's just such a bad thing to do. Like, expect... Like, just because you were hurt by your ex for some reason doesn't mean that this next person is going to be the same way. Like, you cannot compare them. Uh, Like, you can learn from your mistakes and be cautious, but he's... like Aaron is showing. Yeah, it's unfair to him, and Aaron is showing that he's different, that he's gonna do anything to like keep her and her job safe um which he already had told her in spain that he was like i want to make this work i will do anything necessary Mm -hmm. like we can work this out together and another thing i want to bring up about lena and i already told this to adriana (laughs) is that in chapter 25 i was just fed up fed up and i wrote My thing is that everyone goes on and on about how much of a firecracker she is and how she always speaks her mind and le coge la contraria, which is like, you know, she's always, yeah, she always goes against whatever Aaron says, but most of it is in her mind. Like when he speaks to her, she thinks of the response, but she does not say these things out loud. (laughs) I can say that she did speak up for herself when she was, like, handed that event at the beginning of the book. But in the rest of the book, like, she's afraid to speak up against her, like... Up against everybody. With her family, with her family or whatever. Like, she she never spoke up for herself against Aaron. Like, when Aaron was being rude to her for two years. Like, she never confronted him. I don't know. She's just kind of boring to me. Like, what is so special about her? I don't don't see it. He isn't exactly either. No, not Um, at all. And Although I have he did say some char- things that, like, wow, my heart. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I do have issues with his character development as well. But oh, if I had 100%. to pick one of the two characters to off, it would be her. Same. <laughs> which, which, okay, let me talk about this then. Mm-hmm. Aaron and Lena's, this isn't, like, character development. It's more, like, the relationship development. Aaron mm-hmm. and Lena's relationship de- development was weird. Yeah. Because 
it starts off with like they hate each other like for some reason he hates her we don't know why um and she like convinced herself uh that he never liked her and she just was back rude back to him or Mm. whatever and because she heard him talk about to his boss that he didn't want to work with her or whatever and then randomly he offers to go to spain with her and then randomly he starts being nice to her it was like there was no continuity. And then yeah. we get to the end and he explains why he was so rude to her for two years. Yeah. And it was literally, the explanation was literally, oh, like, Stupid. you distracted me. You were so, like, Beautiful. captivating that I needed, I just shut down and I needed to push you away because I needed to stay focused. Yeah. What? <laughs> and the thing is, the thing what? is, he didn't even need to stay focused because you know why, guys? He's rich. He doesn't and need And he's a white male. Guy. Yeah, and he's, he's a, white a rich male. white man. Like, he doesn't need this job. You know, it, it said in, like, the beginning that her apartment is not great. She needs this job. Yeah. <laughs> but he has a great apartment. His and he's family, throwing money to charities. And, I mean, he sounds like, he sounds like a good version of Christian Grey. Yeah. Like, but what's the acronym? His family's in football. NCAA. Yeah, NCAA. Or like NCAA stars or whatever, and he and then it was very, it was so ominous. It was kind of like the Avatar. It was like she was googling him, and there were all these articles about his football career, and then he vanished. Yeah, it was so. It was so mysterious. So like ridiculous. I thought, to be honest, I had a sneaking suspicion that he was rich because he was so secretive and his like the way she described his car and I knew from the the beginning and I was like this man is rich but I thought he was like trying to be secretly rich because maybe he was the son of like this huge real estate mogul or like a celebrity or something if you just want to be private no no if you want to be secretly rich you don't tell a person that you take to an auction spend all the money you want money is no object and a rich person auction well, he's trying to be secret in the day to day, but he was she, she he needed her to do that so mm, that he yes. wouldn't have to go on that poor little date with that like a cougar or whatever. But yeah. like what I'm saying is, I just think it's funny that it's like he's secretly rich, but the reason he's rich was because they were into like footballers. No, it's, yeah. it's because his mom's family was rich. I don't even remember. It his was just mom's kind of a let down. family was rich, but his dad was really was into, into football. football. He was uh, like So the money came from the mom. So yeah, I don't know. the mom died. Like, he had a whole backstory. I kind of wanted something spicier. I was like, yeah. oh, couldn't she have been like an Oscar winner or something? Like a famed actress and he was like the secret child or something? Um, <laughs> any final thoughts, Michel? Um, I mean, I still enjoyed <laughs> in a certain sense (laughs) yes we just shat on the book for 42 minutes but yes we enjoyed it (laughs) it was like i I read it in like 48 hours like i was hooked but i just i was hooked but also just enraged (laughs) i read it very quick was it like it wasn't my favorite book i've read this year would i reread it probably not yeah would i I read certain sections of it Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. My parting words are, if you are interested in an Unhoneymooners great value version of Unhoneymooners, <laughs> and you like the enemies to lovers trope, but you're also excited about the prospect of, like, mm-hmm. a wedding in Spain, read it. But if, like, this doesn't really call to you, I would just say skip it. Yeah. Because I, I don't regret reading it. I, I liked a lot of the things that were in it, but I did have a lot of criticism for it, too. 
All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode, reviewing the Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. Elena de Armas? Elena Armas. Elena Armas. Sorry, girl. We didn't mean to trash it. Yeah. Um, but we enjoyed it as well. So. Yeah, we still enjoyed it. Good job. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram at Perdón. We're booked. And follow us on Goodreads. Thanks so much for joining. And look out for the next episode. We will be reviewing The Soulmate Equation by our beloved Christina Lauren. Your I'm Adriana. release. Oh, and yep. I'm Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.